kids, the priority of Jesus and the population of the kingdom. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. If you're new, uh, if you're coming back, maybe uh, last week you enjoyed our service here on Easter and you're coming back, uh, you're a visitor, maybe you're first time ever at church, uh, I invite you to open the Bibles that are provided for you in the pews. Uh, it's page 716 in the pew Bibles, if you want to turn there. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And before we begin in the text, I'd like to open in a word of prayer, please. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray, O oh Lord, that uh, this word would come with power and authority. Uh, you're going to use an imperfect mouthpiece today, but your word is perfect. And so, Father, I pray your word would come with clarity and with authority and power. And then as listeners, Father, this morning, we would receive it as what it truly is, your authoritative word. Oh, Father, I pray that it would penetrate our hearts, open our eyes, that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Follow along as I read aloud. It says this, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Let me give you the setting briefly uh, for the situation that we read here. In Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, uh, the crowds were coming to Jesus as he was in the region of Perea, just east of the Jordan River. He was coming to Jerusalem for the very last time. He was preparing himself to go up to Jerusalem, obviously to fulfill the, the Father's will for his life. Not just healing, not just teaching, not just raising people from the dead, but going to provide himself as a sacrifice for the sins of his people. As he's preparing to do that, he's, he's got crowds that are coming to him. His, his ministry is well known in this region. So he's got crowds coming to him, parents bringing their young children, young children to him. Now, this, this was a tradition that was, uh, that was started with, with the Talmud. This was the uh, rabbinic tradition. Rabbis encouraged parents to come bring your children. I lay your hands on them and bless them. So this was common practice. Find a local rabbi, take your child to them, and have the rabbi bless them. But Jesus was more than just a mere rabbi. He was known for his compassion and his divine power to heal. And so we know the multitudes were coming to Jesus. And so we can imagine multitudes of parents and grandparents and guardians bringing their children to have Jesus touch them and bless them. Oh, the faith of these people. Well, it says in, in Luke chapter 18, in a parallel passage to this, it says that they were even bringing babies to Jesus. And so the word here in Mark for, for children is little children, very young children. And Luke says that even babies were brought to Jesus. Children, little ones. Perhaps they couldn't even talk yet or walk yet. Perhaps they smelled bad. <laughs> But the disciples, because they were shaped by their unbiblical misconceptions about the kingdom and their worldly desires for Jesus' ministry, rebuked the crowds, rejected them, put a hand in their face and said, stop, because these parents were bringing their little children to Jesus. The disciples were dead wrong. 
Children are very important to God the Father. Kids were a priority to Jesus. They represent the population of the kingdom of God, and they have a place in the arms of Jesus. That's what we'll be looking at this morning. But first, I want to go through a little exercise with you. As the new children's ministry director, I'm learning a lot of different ways to effectively communicate to children. They have a short attention span, in case you haven't noticed. (laughs) So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to do a little exercise for you. We're going to act as if we're in a children's church just, just for a moment. Uh, Sorry, there won't be any snacks. I apologize for that. I won't be providing any snacks this morning. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through an exercise so that we all get the big idea of the message of this text this morning. And and a great effective uh, method of doing that is you repeat the big idea over and over and over again so that the children will understand. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to repeat the big idea over and over and over again so that when your kids come and pick you up from church here this morning, Uh, When they ask you on the ride home from church and they say, so mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever you are to them, and they say, what did you learn in church today? You can give them an answer, okay? So when I do this, when I raise my arms real big and I say, uh, uh, because, you're going to answer this way, children are very important to God. So when I say something like this, children were a priority to Jesus because Children are very important to God. Give yourself a round of applause. You did a great job. All right. So don't forget the big idea now. First of all, children are a priority to Jesus. Look at verse 14. It says, when Jesus saw the reaction of his disciples, it says, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. It's interesting here, it says that Jesus was indignant. He was moved to anger. He was greatly displeased. This is, this is an important word in this text, I believe, because this is the only time this word is ever used of Jesus. The only time he was ever indignant in this way about something He was moved to anger. He was displeased. And notice who he's displeased with. Was it the Pharisees? Was it the crowds? It was his best friends. His best friends were greatly displeasing him. He was moved to anger. The disciples' blockade of kids' access to Jesus caused him to react in a unique way. He was indignant. They were directly opposing his heart They were directly opposing Jesus' priorities. This is more than just a mere correction. He was indignant. He was angry. He was greatly displeased. This was a passionate, emotional response to what the disciples were doing. And it indicates the great importance that Jesus placed on children. Children are a priority to Jesus because Children are very important to God. Good, you're you're paying attention. (laughs) Well, think about this for a second. Indignant, right? So many times we we consider this passage, we consider this story, and we'll put it on pictures or we'll put it on glass uh, windows, uh, stained windows. Let the little children come to me. And it's a very serene picture with children surrounding him. I, I would suggests to you that that's an incorrect depiction of this story. You can imagine Jesus saying, stop doing that. Let these children come to me. 
just by way of illustration, think about the times that you've been instructed by your parents. Let's go back and put ourselves in, in, in our uh, childlike shoes again and go back to when we were being parented by uh, those over us. And you may be asked to do something the first time, the second time, the third time. But all of a sudden, when your parents get the idea that you're rebelling against them or you're messing with their priorities, you hear a change in the tone. I've done this with my children. Hey, stop that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And it's almost like they turn off their ears. But there's a tone that they know from dad's voice. When I change that tone... All of a sudden, the ears click back on and they're listening again. And really for me, what hits at home is when I can close my eyes and remember my mother's voice. Now, you may know my mother, Nancy. She's one of the sweetest people you could ever met, met, uh, meet. Excuse me. But if you poke that bear, look out. You mess with her priorities, she's going she's gonna to let you know about it. And there were times when I did something that was just horrible, terrible. I won't tell you about it. Uh-uh. You're not going to hear from me. But there were times when I messed with her priorities, and it wasn't, Matthew, please don't do that. It was, Matthew, David, ooh, man, look out. You know that voice, don't you? This is the voice of displeasure. This is Jesus being indignant with his disciples. And what did he say? He said, let the children come to me. And that idea there is an immediate response. It's immediate permission. He's saying, those children right there, immediately, I'm going to stop what I'm doing immediately. I want them to come right here. And disciples, he goes on to say, do not hinder them. The idea there is to stop living in a habit, stop habitually rejecting the children from coming to me. Let those children right there come to me, and you at the doors stop hindering them from coming to me. That's what Jesus said. Stop doing it. Stop hindering them. Stop forbidding them. Stop restraining these children from getting to me. Stop preventing them. Stop withholding. Stop standing in the way. Get out of the way. Let the children come to me. Peter, John, James, Andrew, let them come to me. Indignant. You know the voice. You've heard it before. Children are a priority to Jesus because children are very important to God. Matthew 18, verses 5 through 6 says, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus is saying it is so egregious to stand in the way of children, to cause them to stumble on the way to getting to Jesus, the source of life, the source of salvation. It would be better for you to commit suicide. That's what he's saying. Tie a rock, a heavy one around your neck and go throw yourself into the sea. It's better that if you stopped before you ever got the chance of hindering a child to be put to death than to commit this great egregious sin. No wonder Jesus was indignant. You see, in this verse in Matthew 18 that I just read for you, that was just something that he told the disciples a few days before the story we're looking at. This wasn't the first warning of Jesus. He's indignant. He says, don't you remember what I told you the other day? Don't do this. It's better for you to commit suicide than to stop a child from getting to me. Don't do it. 
Matthew 18.10 also says this, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father is in heaven. Whether that's a group of angels or, or specific angels assigned to the groups of children, we don't know, but we do know this. God has a very special place in His heart for children because children are very important to God. Come on now, we've got to get that big idea. Do not despise them. Do not despise them. I have a question for you. What do children think about you personally? Before we consider ourselves as a church, what do do children think about you? Would children view you as one of the disciples, stopping them, hindering them? You know, it's, it's great, but I've got more important things to do right now. Not even taking the time out of your day to explain something to to your children, to explain the scriptures to your children, to find ways to integrate the gospel into your life so that your children can get into the kingdom. But even as they approach you here in this church, as when you come home, sometimes I, I try and gauge what do my children think about me? And sometimes it can get really discouraging because I can come home from work and open the door. And, you know, sometimes a little girl, Alethea, she'll run up to me and she'll give me a big hug. Boy, that warms my heart. I love that to death. But then sometimes she's busy watching a TV show or she's reading a book or she's outside. Or if she has a friend over, forget about it. I walk through the door. Hey there. Yeah, hey. And she's going back to playing, right? But what do children think about you when you walk through the door? Is there a sense of fear, intimidation, or a sense of acceptance and love? Children are a priority to Jesus. Do children see the attitude of the disciples in your heart? I'm too busy. I don't have time. I've got more important things to do. I've got higher priorities in my life right now than these children. Let me ask you this. Do you ever take the time to actually get down on your knee to talk to a child? I mean, you kind of have to do that especially with the kind of children that Jesus is, is ministering to here. They're, remember, they're little children, even infants. So he'd either have to hold them in his arms or he'd have to get down on a knee to get eye level with them. Do you ever get down on your knee to get eye to eye level with children? Or do they always have to be intimidated to look up to you? What kind of heart, what kind of attitude do you have toward little children? Well, very first we see that children are a priority to Jesus because children are are very important to God. He was displeased. He said, let them come to me and stop hindering them. Point number two, children represent the population of the kingdom. Now we're going to find out why. First of all, we know that they're a priority to Jesus. Well, why are they a priority to Jesus? Children represent the very population of the kingdom. Now what do I mean by kingdom? The kingdom is this. It's, it's God's sovereign rule over the sphere of salvation of his salvation, first in his people's hearts and future someday when he reigns right here on the earth. That's the kingdom. It's his rule over his sphere of salvation. And what he's saying is that children actually represent the very population of that kingdom, that kingdom of salvation. So children represent the population of the kingdom because children are very important to God. Look at verses 14 to 15. It says, but when Jesus saw it, 
he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Some interesting language there. It says that to such belong the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Are they going to be, the kingdom going to be ruled by little kids? Jesus is saying is that children represent the very nature of the kingdom of God. You want to know what the kingdom looks like? Go into our nursery. Go into our family life center. Come out on Wednesday nights and check out our Awana clubs. We've got our summer night camp coming up in a few months. Come check it out. Come see what the kingdom looks like. Jesus is saying these are the kinds of people who populate the kingdom, children. The kingdom exists here amongst these little ones. This is where you find the kingdom, in the midst of young children. You see, at this time, everybody was looking for the kingdom. In fact, before Jesus ever ascended uh, back up into heaven in Acts chapter 1, the disciples are asking, where is the kingdom going to come? Are you going to usher it in right now? If they'd remember these words, Jesus would say, if you want to know what the kingdom looks like, go back to those little kids. Go find them. Moms and dads, I'm going to ask you this question. When you change a diaper, what do you see? You see the kingdom of God? Every first step that that little one takes, it's a first step of the kingdom of God. Every loose tooth, every glass of milk that spills, every shoe that's tied, every tear that's shed, every late night staying up, I've seen that with my own wife. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. No wonder Jesus could get indignant over this. This is the kingdom. This is what he came for. So according to Jesus around here, if you were to look, where's the kingdom? Where do you think he would go? Do you think he'd come to this room? Well, I hope he would. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I, I think he'd first go to our nursery. According to Jesus, our nursery, our children's ministry, and our youth ministry should be called the kingdom of God. That's where the kingdom is. Nursery workers, I don't know if any of you are in here attending this service or going uh, to, to serve in our nursery in the next service, or maybe you can hear me now, nursery workers, if I'm on the screen in there. I want you to know something, nursery workers and volunteers. When you hold a child in your arms, when you wipe a nose, when you sing a song, you're ministering to the kingdom of God. You Sunday school teachers and Awana leaders and kids choir helpers and all of you, you breakfast club people, I know they're serving pancakes and bacon right now. Every plate that's served is serving the kingdom, the kingdom of God. You youth leaders, every event that you plan, every winter camp that you attend and stay up till all hours of the night, every lesson that's planned, every game, everything, it's the kingdom of God. To such belongs the kingdom of God. Children represent the population of the kingdom because children are very important to God. Do you see the importance? Do you see the priority? Well, Jesus then goes on to explain something to them. He's saying, you know what? You think you understand how to get into the kingdom, but I'm going to teach you something about entrance into the kingdom. How do you, how do you get in? 
says there in, uh, in verse 15, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now, there has been much ink poured over this, this language here. What does it mean to enter the kingdom of God or receive the kingdom of God like a child? shouldn't be too complicated, I don't think. But consider children. What's the characteristics of children? Children, when they're born, they have no resources to support themselves. They have none. They don't have any wisdom to know how to care for themselves. They certainly can't change their own diapers. Otherwise, we would have had them do that on their own a long time ago. <laughs> they can't feed themselves. They can't walk. They can't get from one place to another. They're completely dependent upon their parents or guardians. They have small intellect and no resources. Yet Jesus is saying, you must become like these little children, infants, in order to receive the kingdom of God. Humble, humility, I think, really two things before I move on there. Two things I think really characterize uh, this childlikeness is humility lowliness. You're not raising yourself up in regards to coming into this kingdom. You're dependent upon somebody else to get you in. You're not there on your own merits. You're not there under your own power and under your own strength. You're there upon the power and dependency upon another. Submissive. Submissive. You'll, you'll submit to the one that's going to get you in. You're not calling the shots. Someone else is. You feel inadequate. You're inadequate to be able to get yourself in. You're relying upon another. That's humble. That's also trusting. This is the attitude that must characterize anyone who wants to enter the kingdom. You're relying fully upon someone else. Do you think that baby in, 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 its, in its mother's arms is concerned about being dropped? No, that child can sleep. It's, it's amazing to me. I, usually when I hold children, they start crying right away. <laughs> really discouraging. I hold the child starts crying, go give it to its mother, and the child just, it just goes to sleep like you gave it Benadryl or something. It's amazing. But this child is trusting in its mother to care for it, trusting, resting. Children are the ones who have this basic nature and characteristic of anyone who wants to enter the kingdom. We must be humble. We must be trusting. If we ever want to get into this kingdom that Jesus oversees, we must become childlike, humble, submissive. Maybe you're sitting here today and you feel like, I have felt so inadequate I've got such a mess to clean up. I can never enter this kingdom. Congratulations. You're just like any of us that want to enter the kingdom. You're just like those children in our nursery, in our children's ministry. They're inadequate. They're humble. They're trusting. Come, and you can enter the kingdom of God. There's a psalm that beautifully illustrates this. If you would, please, turn to Psalm 131. Keep your finger in Mark 10 and turn to Psalm 131. Psalm 131. This is King David writing, speaking about his relationship to the Lord, his trusting relationship. Psalm 131, it's a short one, so we can read all of it. It says this, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised to hide. 
I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. The only hope that children have is that their parents are going to take care of them. And, and this verse 2 is, is amazing. And thank you, Pastor, for helping me understand it even more deeply and fuller. It says, I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Think about a child that's not weaned. They rely upon its mother's breast for, for sustenance, for nutrition. And so, of course, this child is going to rely upon its mother, Right? That's not what this, this, this psalm says. It says like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned ch- child is my soul within me. Well, what's the significance there? I think it's that a weaned child is with its mother, not because it's merely getting resources, but because the child loves to be around mama. I, you've seen it before. You've probably seen it out here in this church lobby. Little ones. And, and maybe you're one of those moms, and it's so frustrating to you because you've tried to have conversations, like real grown-up, mature, adult conversations because you haven't had any all week. You're trying to have grown-up conversations with people. I don't blame you. My wife's been there. And so she's trying to have a conversation with somebody, and one of my kids is clinging to her legs or pulling on her dress or whatever it might be. They're clinging to mommy. But this, this child is already weaned. It, it's not relying upon its mother for, for milk and sustenance anymore, but the child is clinging to mommy because he or she loves mommy so much. I don't want to be anywhere else than I've got to be with mommy. And if you try and grab that child and pry it away, because I've tried, you try and pry it away from its mother's legs. No, it's kicking and screaming. No, 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 I want to be with mommy, with mommy. It's so frustrating. I go into my daughter's bedroom at night, and she's crying and fussing. Daddy's here. I'll help you. No, no, no. I don't want you. I want mommy. You're the wrong one. Hit the road, Jack. I've been there. Psalm 131.2, I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. This child is so in love with its mother that even though it's not relying upon her for sustenance anymore, he or she just wants to be close to mommy. That's how David was trusting in the Lord. I think that sheds some light on our passage here this morning back in Mark chapter 10. Considering the kingdom considering getting into the kingdom like a child, I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you trying to get into the kingdom just because you need the resources? It's because you need an escape route from hell? Or do you actually want to get into the kingdom because you want to say, I want to cling to my Savior. I want to cling to Jesus. I'm not just in love with the benefits of the kingdom. I want the kingdom of God. I want the person. I want King Jesus. That's where I want to be. Like a, like a weaned child with its mother, I'm clinging to Jesus, and if you try and pull me away, I'm going to go kicking and screaming, and thankfully, he'll never let us go. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be close to him. Are you interested only in getting your needs met? Or are you clinging to the person of the kingdom? Are you clinging to King Jesus? 
That's why we must become like them. You know, sometimes we think, well, someday they're going to grow up and they're going to come and be a part of this because this is where church is really going on. I I love one of my favorite favorite teachers recently. um, I saw a Bass convention. He said this. He said, a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, Brent. His name's Brent. He was working in children's ministry. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Now that you're working over there all the time, you don't get to come to church. He said, no, no, no. I go to church, I just worship with short people. I love it. I've been saying that to myself recently. I'm going to church, I worship with short people. But you know what Jesus would say? There's the kingdom of God. There it is, right there. Becoming like a child. Now there is, for clarification purposes, there is something to be said about the difference between childishness and childlikeness. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 says this, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in thinking, be mature. There's something to be said for growing up in Jesus, growing up in Him, becoming mature adults in Him. If you hear on Wednesday night for our Word for Life Bible study, Pastor Phil was explaining how adoption isn't adopting you as a little baby, it's adopting you as, an, as a grown son or daughter in the Lord. You are heirs with Him as a grown son or daughter with all those rights and privileges. We are called to grow up. Grow up in your thinking. I want to ask some of you, are you still being childish in your thinking? grow up. But in regards to faith, in regards to humility, in regards to trust, be childlike. It's a question to ask yourself today. Am I acting childish or childlike in regards to the kingdom of God? Children represent the population of the kingdom because children are very important to God. Third point, final point, children have a place in the arms of Jesus. Look at verse 16 of Mark chapter 10. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. He took them in his arms. It's a beautiful picture. I I can almost imagine the disciples finally are just kind of moved out of the way and, and there the children just go running through, and they jump up into the arms of Jesus. He embraces them. Where the disciples were rejecting them, Jesus embraces them. Maybe you feel rejected today. Maybe you feel shut out. Maybe you feel like an outsider. Jesus is saying, you come to me like a child. I've got open arms. Open arms. Jesus embraced them. He held them in his arms. He showed compassionate affection and love to these kids because they represented his heart for the world. This was, this was unlike anybody else. Most people would not associate with children. They were, they were nothing. They were low. You can imagine living in the streets of, of, of the ancient Near East. They were probably very dusty and dirty. And they probably smelled bad. But here Jesus says, no, I want you up. In my arms, I want to hold you with loving compassion and affection. In the arms of Jesus, I I venture to say there is no better place to be than in the arms of Jesus. One day we're going to see him face to face, and he's going to say, child, come into my arms. 
come into my arms, the arms of Jesus. Well, it says that he took them in his arms and he blessed them. This is an intensified type of blessing here. It's not just like most rabbis would do. They, they wouldn't know this child at all many times. Sometimes they would. They just lay their hands on them, bless them, and send them away, which is kind of a rite or a ceremony. But Jesus, it was this intensive blessing. So he held them in his arms. You can imagine looking them in the eyes and blessing them relationally, like family he was blessing them as, as a family member, as kin. These children belonged in the arms of Jesus, and it was almost as if he was treating them as his own, as his own children. Every one of us has a place in the arms of Jesus. We come to him with childlike faith. Whether we are a child or we come to him like a child, he's waiting with open arms. Why? Because Children are very important to God. Let me ask you a few questions in closing. Does your home have the disciples kind of attitude? Or does it have Jesus' heart and attitude toward children, toward the kingdom of God? Is your home a place where your children can, can grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ? Or because of all the practices and, and all of the rehearsals and all of the TV and all the video games, you're, you're hindering them from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking to me now too. I'm talking to all of us. When are we going to take the time to say, come, I want to show you the way to the kingdom of God. I'm going to lead you by the hand right into Jesus' arms. Or are we standing in the way because we feel like they've got to be the most intelligent, most athletic, most musically gifted children in all the world. And by crowding their, their, their schedule, we're actually getting in the way and say, you don't have time for this Jesus. You'll get to him on Sunday, maybe kind of attitude do we have in our homes? The disciples' attitude or Jesus' attitude? What about our church and our ministry here? If Jesus makes children such a high priority on his list, don't you think he's going to bless the church that makes children a high priority on their list? You know, we've got this campaign coming up called Invested in the Future invested? Are we invested in the next generation? Do we care? Do we have a priority for children as Jesus did? Well, our babies and our toddlers, they have a place in the arms of Jesus. Our preschoolers have a place in the arms of Jesus. Our elementary students have a place in the arms of Jesus. Young people and students, the youth that are meeting right now, they have a place in the arms of Jesus. And you adults sitting in this, these pews today, you've got a place in the arms of Jesus when you come to him like a child. Children were a priority to Jesus. Children represent the population of the kingdom of God. And children always have a place in the arms of Jesus because children are very important to God. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father, I thank you that every single one of us can come to you like a child.
when we see how inadequate, how low we really are because of our sin, there is no other way we could ever come to you. All our righteousness is like filthy rags. We're all inadequate. We're all low. But when we come to Jesus like children, he says, I've got open arms for you. I've got a place for you right here on my lap. Oh, Father, I pray for two things, Father, as we've seen from this passage this morning. Please, oh, Father, help us to see that in the midst of our church here, the kingdom of God resides with children. That's the place where the kingdom is. Give us the heart of Jesus. If any of us have the heart of these disciples that reject and hinder children from getting to him, I pray that you teach every single one of us, beginning with me, to repent of this kind of attitude. Oh, Father, please, I pray that today and forevermore, children would be important to us because they're important to you. And, oh, Father, if there's anybody in this building here this morning that has never come to Jesus like a child, they've been puffed up, they've been arrogant in heart, they've felt that there's too much to overcome, I pray that you would allow them to see, oh, that if they would just bow the knee and say, I'm inadequate, I have nothing to offer, I'm powerless, but I will humble myself and trust in the one that can get me into the kingdom, that they would say, oh, Jesus, hold me in your arms. I want to get into the kingdom. Would you remove the scales from our eyes, our eyes this morning so that we may see we're inadequate, but Jesus, our master, is everything. We love you. We thank you for this time now. Bless us, please, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.